This Sunday is the baptism of the Lord. In the baptism of the Lord, we see a lot of things going on. One thing is that we see St. John the Baptist. We also see the whole Trinity, actually. We see Father saying the words, You are my Son, the Beloved, my favor rests on you. We see the Spirit descending upon him like an anointing or oil, and then taking the form of a dove in a bodily shape. And then, of course, we see the Son in Jesus Christ. So there's that angle too. There's also the whole reality that um, we are called to live of the same baptism. So I wanted to explore a little bit this whole concept of baptism with you, work it a little bit, because it's such an important element and we need to constantly deepen our own understanding. The first thing is that aspect of John, and John the Baptist here realizes how unworthy he is. He realizes that he's not even worthy to undo the straps of his sandal. And why is that? It's because he realizes already that he is the chosen one. Jesus is the chosen one, that he is the Messiah, that he is God. And so John the Baptist is saying, I'm not even worthy to undo the straps of his sandals. He will baptize in Holy Spirit and fire, not just with water. And so already we're starting out with this recognition of who God is. John the Baptist teaches us that God is making himself present in love, that he's giving of himself, and that Jesus himself is the Messiah. And so he's the one pointing out who is Christ, and we all need that. I know that many of us often struggle with faith. We have difficulties in our faith, and we need to go to a John the Baptist. We need to nourish it. We each need constantly, actually, a John the Baptist to be renewed consistently. And so I ask, really, that first question is, uh, who were your John the Baptists? Who were the ones that are pointing towards the Lamb, saying, he is the Almighty, the Chosen One? Who is the John the Baptist for you? And I really encourage you to listen and to drink deeply of this reality that we each need a John the Baptist. We struggle with our faith. We can't do it alone. We can't do this alone. We're not supposed to have our faith off in a corner. Often in our secular world, we're not allowed to even speak about faith at work or anything, even if it's just to say, we had a wonderful Mass this last weekend when someone asked you, how did your weekend go? You're not even allowed to say that. I mean, so it's it's tough. And we have to realize that faith will not grow for you or for me if we don't have a John the Baptist. We need someone pointing towards the Lamb and leading us. But notice that John the Baptist disappears when the Lamb is there. John the Baptist is just the messenger. He's just the best man in the wedding. He disappears before the groom and the bride. And so moving forward, each of us needs to constantly be a John the Baptist for others, but also we need a John the Baptist. There are so many books, so many videos, so many things that would be great, uh, I would recommend to you. But in the end, the most important thing is desire. And are you longing to hear the voice of the Lord, to see where he is, to follow him? 
And if you do, you will find a John the Baptist. Second, Jesus. Jesus is baptized. He comes out of the water. Now, after that, all the people had been baptized. Jesus prays. And the heavens open. The Holy Spirit descends upon him in the form of a dove. And that itself is really important because when we're trying to grasp what is our baptism, our baptism in Pauline theology, our baptism in Joannine or John theology, our baptism in all of Scripture is going to be very clear. It introduces us into the body of Christ. It introduces us into the death and the resurrection of Christ. But it's something that's real. It's like a door through which we live of the Spirit. The Spirit opens up the heavens and comes down in bodily shape. It's like an anointing. And in biblical thinking, it's really setting Jesus apart. He's set aside for a mission. It's like he's reserved now, tagged. You are the Messiah. Set aside, consecrated for that. He is going to be priest, prophet, and king. Because in the Old Testament, there are three kinds of people that are anointed. The priest, the prophet, and the king. So, he is priest, prophet, and king. And that Holy Spirit comes in the shape of a dove. And I think of dove, I think of Noah's Ark, I think of the new creation that he is making. Like Noah, when he found the new creation after the flood destroyed it. The flood destroyed the world, and so there would be a new world. So Jesus is bringing about a new creation as Messiah. And when we are baptized, a door is opened in our own souls, in our own lives, and the Holy Spirit descends upon us too, and we are consecrated in the exact same consecration as Jesus because it's his consecration. So we partake in his consecration, his life, his, his death and his resurrection. So we're conformed to him through our baptism. But The catch is, we don't often realize it. And so it's, what do you do with it? But let's keep on going. And then a voice comes down from heaven at that same time as the Holy Spirit descending. So there's the action through the Holy Spirit and the words through the words of the Father. And so a voice comes down from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. My favor rests on you. And absolutely important that through baptism we become children of God. But it's not like children of God. We become son in the son, daughter in the son. We become the body of Christ. So we're born into his life, death, and resurrection. So as Jesus is the son of God, so we partake in him. So we are children of God. So God says the same thing. When a a baby is baptized or when an adult is baptized, you are my son, you are my daughter, my beloved. My favor rests on you. And the favor aspect is also important because his blessing, his favor rests upon you, which means he has called you to a mission. He's called you to his favor, his life. And so, there's something beautiful to that. It has both, on the one side, the fact that you are now a child of God, and on the other side, this child is going to be called to live of it, 
to live of this mission. Now, I want to rewind a little bit. St. Paul is going to also speak of baptism in many places. I'll just take one. Romans 6. We'll start with verse 2. Actually, let's go to verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were baptized, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Baptism, in its first thing, is it's like a seed that's planted in our soul. It's marking our soul. It's marked by the cross, by Jesus Christ. And this baptism, which marks our soul in the depth of who we are, is is a seed that carries us to be completely conformed in all of our life to the death and resurrection of Christ, to the glory of God. But we have to seek to obey. We have to seek to live of it. And that's the catch. That's not so easy. And the process of maturation for you and I, for all of us, that process of maturation is going to be a constant, consistent conforming our lives to that of Christ. It begins perhaps with prayer. But I want to give a few elements to Christian maturation. It begins with prayer and a deep prayer, a constant prayer, not a prayer for things, not a superficial prayer where I'm praying that you might help me with this or help me with that, but a prayer where we long for something more, you know, where we cry out to God, where we talk with him, where a prayer where we sit by the Lord. It's like a prayer that is loving and a prayer that is present to God. How am I present to God? I, well, simply, I could just say, I believe you are here. <laughs> That's already a great beginning. And it's a prayer that says, I believe you are here. I do trust you. I hope in you, Lord. And I do love you. Help my lack of love. Help my failures. Transform me more and more so I might live of prayer. And I mean, there's tears, there's levels in prayer. You can go deeper and deeper. Um, The saints write often about that, that prayer is many-tiered, very profound. And it's only when you're really rooted in the profound prayer that your whole life changes. And so a Catholic who does not pray will not be able to live of their baptism, period. And so you are called to uh, this intimate relationship because you are the child of God. Imagine a husband or a wife who never paid attention to their husband or wife, never sat with them, never listened to them, never talked with them. They would have really no relationship. It's similar with God. If you don't sit with God, love God, trust in God, in reality, you can't imagine that you have a relationship with God. But it is through our baptism that we do. We have that seed in us. We are children of God. But in order for it to grow into a a branch, I guess, in order for it to grow so it becomes larger than just a seed, it becomes a seedling, I guess, where it's sprouting, we have to begin with prayer. But it's not just prayer. We need community, number two. 
We need community. Community is an absolutely essential aspect of our Christian faith. It's where we learn to love our brother more than ourselves. It's where we learn to give our life so that others might be loved as God loves them. And two, I don't know about you, but I am never really happy if I'm completely alone. We are each called to live in community in one way or another. Even the person who's isolated, even the person who's a hermit up in the mountains knows he is surrounded by the people of God. So communion with our brothers and sisters in faith is absolutely essential. So if the first thing that we have to do in order to grow in our baptism is adore the Lord, second thing is love our brothers. Jesus says it all the time. He says, what are the two greatest commandments? To love God and love my brother. But then, I mean, realistically, I could say I love God and love my brother, but it actually has to pass into concrete. So I have to find a certain maturity and living like Jesus lived, conforming my life to him, changing, changing my moral life so that I might be completely conformed to him, fighting pride within me. So number three is I have to uh, try to resemble Christ. Four, how do you serve God? Do you have a service? Are you actually giving according to your gifts? If you're not, you are immature. And that's an essential point, too, because it's not enough to have friends and to lay down your life for your friends. It's not enough to pray. You have to actually conform your life to Christ and live the moral life. You have to give up sin, whether it be uh, attachment to money, attachment to food, attachment to sex, attachment to um, all those things, whether you get angry all the time, whether you are uh, vain or use the word of the Lord, the name of the Lord in, in vain also, that your tongue runs off without you. All those things, we have to conform our life to Christ and resemble him in our action. But if we don't make it to the fourth thing I just mentioned, which is serving, uh, where we actually actively go out and serve, well then, I'm sorry, but you can't be a mature Christian. Your baptism is vain. You need all of them. And finally, if you're not announcing the gospel somehow, in little ways, then uh, it's very hard to live of it. But so, coming back, coming back, um, we have to search to not just be baptized, but we have to search to live of baptism, conform our life to him. And those five ways are, are absolutely excellent, whether it be prayer in a spirit of worship and adoration, whether it be communion with my brothers and sisters, offering my life for them and loving them, resembling Christ in my actions, leaving behind the worldly things, taking on a mission or a service or evangelization, they're essential pillars for us to be able to uh, live and grow in the call that our baptism has placed upon our soul.
I hope all that helps. Uh, union in prayer. May we grow to be mature Christians, living of our faith, living of our life if that we've been called to live of as children of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.